Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. A note of warning. This podcast explores graphic and disturbing stories and includes strong language. It therefore may not be suitable for our young listeners or other folks who may find it disturbing. Hello and welcome to True Crime Daily, the podcast, bringing you this week's latest in high-profile and under-the-radar cases across the country for the week of May 17th, 2019. I'm Billy Jensen, and this is Owen Michael. Hello. This week, a college professor is found dead in a bizarre case in Georgia. A carnival worker is accused of a three-week killing spree in Virginia. An airline pilot is arrested for triple murder in a Kentucky airport, and an Uber driver is arrested in Pittsburgh. But first... Gruesome details are coming to light about a pregnant mother who went missing in Chicago. Owen, what's going on in the Ochoa Lopez case? This is uh, developing by the hour this week. You may or may not have heard about this uh, this case, which is why we're here to tell you about it. It's, uh, this is Marlon Ochoa Lopez. She was nine months pregnant when she was last seen on April 23rd. After classes that Tuesday, uh, April 23rd, at a charter school in Chicago, The 19-year-old woman drove to a house on West 77th Place in the city, about nine miles away from where she was taking classes. She had been communicating with a 46-year-old woman on a Facebook group and had arranged to pick up some items for her baby. She wrote, uh, Marlon Ochoa Lopez wrote to this uh, woman as part of this group, Due to the fact that I'm in school right now and can't work at the moment, I can't afford to buy the rest of the things since I'm short on cash right now, Marlon wrote. Marlon was married with a three-year-old son. She was looking for a double stroller and baby clothes. The 46-year-old woman told Marlon that her own daughter has all brand-new boy clothes her son never wore, according to a screenshot of the conversation provided by the family uh, of Marlon to the Chicago Tribune. The woman told Marlon uh, her daughter had uh, two baby showers. She she was uh, happy to share. She had a lot of uh, items that were never used. Marlon Ochoa Lopez did not pick up her three-year-old son from daycare that afternoon, April 23rd, the Chicago Sun-Times reports. So neighbors said that on the same day, April 23rd, at about 6 p.m., a 46-year-old woman who lives at the house on 77th Place came out into the yard screaming that she had just delivered a baby boy who wasn't breathing. That's according to neighbors who reportedly thought that was odd since no one seemed to know that this woman had been pregnant. Paramedics arrived and found the baby, uh, and this is their quote, uh, basically blue, according to the Chicago Fire Department. That child was hospitalized in critical condition. Paramedics stayed with a woman at the scene, and she was taken to a hospital as a precaution. 
though she said she was not experiencing cramps, bleeding, or dizziness. The department said there was no cause for suspicion at the time. Now, the residents at 77th Place then reportedly set up a GoFundMe page to raise funds for the newborn's health care costs, seeking $9,000. Now, that page has since been taken down, and the 46, but the 46-year-old woman was listed as the organizer. Marlene's due date was May 5th. Now, on May 8th, two weeks after she went missing, um, her Honda Civic, Marlene's Honda Civic, was found parked about three-tenths of a mile uh, just around the block from the residence at West 77th Place where all this had taken place. It had parking tickets on the car, and the Tribune reports neighbors had seen the car around the neighborhood. So on Wednesday of this week, Marlon's family said that uh, police told them the DNA tests confirmed the baby boy that was born at this uh, residence or that was taken from this residence was indeed Marlon's. The family has been visiting the boy in the hospital since then. They've named him Giovanni Yadiel Lopez. He is in grave condition and is listed as brain dead. The day before, uh, this is Tuesday, police were seen at the house on West 77th Place interviewing residents there. Four people two men and two women, as well as evidence containers, were seen being taken away by officers. Later that night, just after midnight on Wednesday, in fact, a body was found in the back area of the property on 77th Place, reportedly in a trash bin. Then at about 6.15 p.m. Wednesday, the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office announced the body was Marlon Ochoa Lopez. Her cause of death was ligature, excuse me, ligature strangulation, according to the medical examiner, and her death was ruled a homicide. Thursday, Chicago police said Marlon uh, had been killed on April 23rd, that day that she went to this residence. The baby was cut from her womb after she was murdered, according to police. Police said the baby was identified through his father's DNA. They had asked Marlon's family for dental records to help identify the body, which it's uh, some indications there. Chicago, Chicago police said charges could be brought against uh, four suspects that are in custody as soon as uh, today or Friday of this week. As I say, new details have been coming forth in this case all week. We're recording this on Thursday night, so things are subject to change as this investigation continues in Chicago. Yeah, and this reminds us of that story out of Colorado. Um, in 2016, Dinah Lane, mm-hmm. who had was convicted of cutting an unborn baby out of the mother's womb, in the same sort of scenario, um, responding to an online ad for maternity clothes. We also had uh, yeah. something that uh, you remember a, a colleague of ours worked on uh, Savannah Graywind, I believe her name was, uh, out of one of the Dakotas. I think it was North Dakota. She similarly was uh, basically accosted by a neighbor, and yeah. that neighbor tried to basically killed her, and and they got the baby out and, yeah. and did this so this is this is there's a this is a thing that happens yeah it's, it is it's, and, it's and you know awful. the the woman out of Colorado in 2016 she was sentenced to 100 years just to know you know what potentially is coming mm-hmm. um, um, she uh, the only tears you shed during the trial were those of self-pity this is what the judge said to the sound of your own voice as your lies were slowly revealed uh, you know it was uh, it's one of the Worst crimes it's, that you can think beyond, of. And it, it's and it beyond keeps happening. how you think that, A, anybody could physically do this to another human being is bad enough. Also, like, how do you think you would ever get away with something like this? I mean, you know, we, we do plenty, of, we cover plenty of crimes. That, uh, you're just like, how did you think you were going to get away with this? But this kind of step, doing that, uh, that level of, of gratuitous violence is just, um, it's, it's, it's hard to fathom. Yeah. 
So uh, leading into uh, our next case. Marion Shockley in Georgia. So Baldwin County Sheriff's deputies responded to a 911 call about 100 miles southeast of Atlanta late Saturday night, actually around 1 a.m. Sunday morning in Milledgeville, which is 30 miles northeast of Macon, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Deputies arrived at the house and found three naked people out back at the pool. The woman was unconscious, and the two men were performing CPR on her. The two men said all three of them had been hanging out. One of the men said he had been swimming on the other side of the pool as Marianne Shockley, a 43-year-old professor of entomology, which is insects, at the University of Georgia, was in the hot tub. The other man had gone from the yard into the woods to collect firewood for about 15 minutes, during which Shockley reportedly began drowning, he told deputies. Marcus Lillard, 41, had been dating Marianne Shockley. He said when he came back to the pool area, he found Shockley passed out in the hot tub. So deputies found uh, Marianne Shockley bleeding severely from her head. Uh, Lillard, the boyfriend, told them that he had slipped and fallen while he was taking her out of the hot tub, and that caused her head injury and uh, was causing her to bleed profusely. The other man, 69-year-old Clark Hindell, was the homeowner. He said he rushed over to help, and they began CPR on the woman. Heindel is a retired psychologist who now owns a yoga studio, and Lillard, the boyfriend, was a car salesman before he quit earlier this month. An incident report said that uh, Clark stated Marianne appeared to be breathing faintly, so they assumed she was coming back into consciousness and did not immediately call 911. The men said they called 911 about 45 minutes later. Marianne Shockley was clearly dead when deputies arrived. It had rained heavily that night, Saturday night, saturating the woods and any potentially and any potential kindling. Yeah. Deputies also noted in their report that there was already a large stack of firewood near the pool. Deputies said EMTs uh, had noted that the two men's behavior was, quote, peculiar. Marianne's glasses were found near the shallow end of the pool. They had blood on them. There were uh, two areas in the grass nearby that were soaked with blood, according to WMAZ-TV in the area. Yeah, so the first thing you're going to do in a case like this is you're going to separate the two guys. Mm -hmm. And you're going to ask them questions and see what are the inconsistencies. One of them is going to turn over on the other Particularly, one. Particularly, you know, thinking. that's uh, right off the bat. It's raining out. Why are yeah. you going around looking for firewood? To, you know, yeah. So yeah. there's some red flags right off the bat. So deputies separated the two men for questioning, placing the boyfriend, Marcus, in the patrol car and placing Clark Heindel uh, on the porch because it was his house. As one deputy looked for Marianne's purse, he noticed Clark had gone inside the house. He knocked on the door, then heard a shotgun blast. Clark Heindel had killed himself in his house, shooting himself in the head. That was... I never want to be critical of someone's job, but that's probably not the best police work, letting him go into the house. Because he could have come out blasting, too. So, you know, it's true. Uh, from what I read, uh, apparently there was a little bit of uh, commotion at the scene because the EMTs were, yeah. were there and somehow he had slipped in into the thing. But, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a so Clark and Marcus had apparently been friends for years. Marcus had started dating Marianne several months ago. Marianne was a mother with two children. Marcus Lillard was arrested at the scene for a state probation violation. Now, officials say Clark's suicide is not an indication of guilt in this case. He could have just been distraught. Um, um, you know, who knows what was going on. Marcus Lillard did not make a confession as such, said the sheriff, but other evidence led to his arrest. On Monday, Lillard was charged with assault, murder, and concealing a death, and he was held without bond. Uh, the Baldwin County Sheriff said the investigation revealed that Marcus had been texting and calling friends for two hours prior to dialing 911 at about 11.15 p.m. Saturday, asking, quote, 
how to get somebody back to life and asking how to perform CPR. Uh, we should say as well that uh, the preliminary autopsy stated that Marianne Shockley died from strangulation. So there's all sorts of uh, weird factors here as far as uh, what happened. But uh, I can imagine that this guy, as I say, it's speculation. Maybe he was sort of knew that this story was, was off and uh, didn't want to go through and felt uh, terrible guilt with it and uh, was witness. He was basically the only only other person who knew what was or going is he on. Setting, or is he setting up an alibi, potentially, um, trying to say that, oh, look, I was trying to help, but if you would do that, why wouldn't you have just called 911 right away? It's just all very strange. There's only one guy that knows what happened, and he is uh, he's charged with murder. Yeah. Well, the other guy, not because the other guy killed himself. Right. So uh, in our next case, we've got uh, James Michael Wright in Virginia. He's a 23-year-old carnival worker. He ran a pony ride as a subcontractor for the James H. Drew Exposition, a carnival that travels up and down the East Coast. James Wright drove his pickup truck into a school bus on the morning of March 19th this year. He had veered over the center line in Johnson County, Virginia, and struck the school bus uh, head-on. No kids were injured, but Wright was airlifted to a hospital with a broken arm, hip, and leg. He was recovering in a wheelchair in his mobile home in Mendota, Virginia, near the state's borders with West Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, and North Carolina, when police went to visit him three days later. Two officers from Johnson County, excuse me, Johnson City, Tennessee, had traveled to Virginia to interview Wright about a 25-year-old woman named Athena Hobson. She was reported missing earlier in March. Wright was reportedly the last person seen with Hobson. He told the officers he had hired Hobson to clean his house, but that he had dropped her off at her cousin's house just before he crashed into the school bus. Hobson's cousin said that never happened. She had never been dropped off. Uh, Wright gave consent for them to search his room in the home where they found items belonging to another woman who later became part of the investigation. That interview led to a warrant for a search of James Wright's demolished truck. Athena Hobson's cell phone was found inside that truck. Then that led to a search of Wright's house and the property around the house. And on or near the property, investigators found two dead bodies, one to shallow grave, another underneath a pile of logs. They were identified as 22-year-old Elizabeth Van Meter of Tennessee and 17-year-old Jocelyn Alsup of Georgia. Autopsies are still pending. Authorities say James Wright confessed on May 9th to murdering three people. Elizabeth Vanmeter, the 22-year-old, was last seen in February. Some of the stuff that was found in her room had the, had the name on it. Uh, she was reported missing on March 17th by a woman who said Van Meter had left with a man named James Wright. Family members said Van Meter met Wright at the carnival, where she said to have hung out. Wright reportedly confessed that he got into an argument with her and shot her on February 28th and buried her outside his home. Van Meter's family says she was cognitively disabled with the mental capacity of a 13-year-old, according to the Washington Post. And Wright said the shooting was an accident. So the 17-year-old, Jocelyn Alsup, was reported missing on March 8th. She reportedly met uh, Wright at the North Georgia State Fair, where her father worked. She apparently traveled with Wright back to his home. He told police he and Alsup had sex in the woods near his residence on March 9th, where he shot her. He said he had been trying to shoot an animal, but accidentally struck her instead. Mm -hmm. He then allegedly placed her body underneath a, stock, a stack of logs near the house. Police think that Athena Hobson, the 25-year-old, met James Wright at the traveling carnival as well. 
Her family said they were struggling financially and that uh, Wright would periodically come by to pick up Athena to clean his house for money and drop her back off at her Tennessee apartment, which is about 40 miles south of his Virginia residence. Wright reportedly convinced, excuse me, confessed that he and Athena were going for a walk in the woods when he tripped and shot her in the head. He told police he tripped again and accidentally shot her again. So he told them that he tripped twice and shot her yeah. twice, both accidentally. This is the uh, third time. Yeah. Athena Hobson's remains have not yet been located. Wright claims that he put her in the back of his truck after accidentally shooting her twice to take her to the hospital. But on the way, she rolled out of the truck bed onto a river embankment where he says he got out and he put her body in the water, <laughs> realizing she was dead. The Washington County Sheriff said they are working with the carnival to check other locations for other possible missing persons in those areas. He said they consider James Wright a serial killer, which he is. He used a 22 caliber rifle in each of the three shootings, authorities say. This individual killed three women in an 18-day period, said Sheriff Fred Newman. The accident he had two days after the last killing certainly put an end to that series of incidents. He said they don't believe Wright intended to harm himself in the crash. Now, James Wright is charged with three counts of capital murder and concealing a dead body. He's held without bail, and prosecutors have said they may seek the death penalty in the case. Uh, this was the second of two. Well, first of all, the, 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 the stories that this guy's coming up with and the excuses, the tripping, the... the, the, the it's a lot of accidental shooting. Uh, accidental shooting and tripping with a, with a rifle, too, not just You're a carrying around a little rifle. Uh, it sure seems handy. He's a very klutz, accident-prone. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering about this, uh, this head-on crash. You know, they, the police say they don't think that he did it on purpose, but it's uh, who can say whether it, you know it's guilt or whether he was just not paying attention. It happens to hit a school bus. Mm-hmm. So it almost seems like a sociopathic uh, behavior. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, uh, in one sense, a thank goodness none of the kids were, yeah. were hurt, and b thank goodness he got in this accident because that seems to have a uh, helped um, get some details going in this investigation for authorities as well as stopped yeah. him in whatever. No, as soon uh, as you hear school trucks. bus. Serial killer, you go and you know you think back you to think Dirty Harry. Remember right? Dirty Harry? Remember he was he was he was a serial killer, yes. killing people with a rifle, and then he he carjacks a school bus with all these kids. Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood uh, for, for our yeah, younger for, viewers. Yes, yes. Uh, but this was not the only carnival story. We had another carnival story, and it one. was uh, Carnival Mafia. A so-called carnival mafia. Now, we're going to get into whether there is one or not. He, she pled guilty in, in the Kansas fair vendor's death. So she a Texas woman admitted her role in the deaths of a couple who were killed at a Kansas fair after one suspect ordered the killings as part of a, quote, carnival mafia initiation. And her name is Christine Tenney, and this came from uh, KFSM. Uh, she was 39. She pled guilty to aggravated robbery and obstruction of justice. She was charged after the July 2018 deaths of Alfred Sonny Carpenter and Pauline Carpenter at the Barton County Fair in Kansas, where they were vendors. And uh, investigators ended, you know, the story ended um, with investigators say there is no carnival mafia. So far. Yeah. Never say never. Yeah. I mean, well, we've nothing, got a we've got a serial killer, and we got this other nothing thing strikes going on fear it, yeah. into your heart like uh, thinking about the uh, uh, a murder initiation into a carnival mafia. That's uh, that's got a lot of elements I don't want to be a part of. Yeah. But, uh, can't remember the last time I went to a carnival. I you know what there was a carnival over there on Moore Park, and I almost went over to it, and then it was gone. And I was like, because I love playing the yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I actually once did a interview with. 
like talking to the carnies, and I did a story about it. And it was it was a carnival, but also had it had a freak show uh, area too. And it was uh, I don't see inc- as many of those. it was incredibly interesting. But you know the the lifestyle is is very much you're, you're it's a transient population. You're moving from one place to another. Drifter. Uh, and you are, you know, he was telling me some of the stuff. Uh, this one guy, I remember his name was Dutchman. Just call me Dutchman. And he uh, he, he ran the, the BB gun thing. You know the BB gun one where they have the star and then you got to shoot out, which is like really impossible to do? Right. He was telling me how, you know, one guy once tried to, once shot him with the BB gun, mm-hmm. like all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff that was mm-hmm. that, that goes on. And uh, yeah, not necessarily the best stuff that you're going to see out there in the car. On the other hand, you do get to pick your own nickname. You do, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Our next story is uh, is out of Kentucky, similar region there. Not uh, no no carnival in this one. Uh, this is about a man called Christian Kit Martin, who's 51 years old. He's a pilot for an American Airlines subsidiary called PSA Airlines, which is a part of the American Eagle brand for a few frequent travelers. Martin was arrested. Uh, Christian Martin was arrested at Louisville's Muhammad Ali International Airport on Saturday, May 11th. Martin is accused of killing three people in Kentucky in 2015. On November 18th, 2015, a 59-year-old man named Calvin Phillips was found shot to death in the cellar of his house in Pembroke, Kentucky. Phillips' wife, uh, Pamela, and their neighbor, Edward Dancero, were found in a burned-out car in a cornfield in the same area that same day. Christian Martin and the Phillips family were neighbors— when Christian Martin was on trial in a court-martial in December 2015. Martin was an Army major at the time. He was accused by several juvenile witnesses of physical and sexual abuse going back to 2008. He was also accused by his wife of mishandling classified information during his time in the Army. Christian Martin had served in the Army and the Army Reserves for about 30 years. He was accused of downloading, excuse me, he was accused of downloading, quotes, emails and a kill list, according to the Louisville Courier-Journal, while he was stationed in the Middle East. Martin's neighbor, Calvin Phillips, was scheduled to testify that December. Martin had described Phillips as his star witness in the case. However, Phillips' adult son told CNN that his father had evidence harmful to Martin's case. Martin's attorney said Phillips' testimony would have helped Martin, though Martin was expected to be a witness both for the prosecution and for the defense. Calvin Phillips was killed before he could testify. Months later, in May of 2016, Christian Martin was acquitted of the sexual assault charges, but was found guilty of mishandling classified information and of uh, two counts of simple assault. He was dismissed from the Army, the equivalent of a dishonorable discharge, and was sentenced to 90 days in jail. After that, Martin moved to North Carolina. In 2018, Martin began working as a pilot for American Airlines after passing a TSA background check. Apparently, a simple assault does not disqualify a potential pilot, the airline told CBS News, um, since it's not actually reported as a felony. So, Christian Martin was arrested at the airport this weekend, about an hour before he was scheduled to fly a plane to Charlotte, North Carolina. His booking photo shows him still wearing his pilot's uniform. He's indicted on three counts of murder, uh, counts of arson, burglary, and tampering with evidence as well. The indictment alleges Martin broke into the Phillips house in November 2015, shot and killed the three victims, then loaded the bodies of Pamela Phillips and Edward Dancero into a car, which he allegedly then drove to a cornfield and set on fire. Martin was held for questioning after the crimes uh, in 2015. A SWAT team even raided his house, but no charges were filed at the time. He's now scheduled to be arraigned on May 22nd. 
Incidentally, Christian Martin told WSMV that he and his wife had their marriage voided about three years before the murders because his wife was actually still married to another man. He also told the station he was sure uh, this woman, his, his not-wife, was having an affair with Calvin Phillips, his neighbor. She later admitted to bigamy but denied any affair with Phillips. The Kentucky Attorney General has not elaborated on what brought about the recent indictment and Saturday's arrest, saying he couldn't comment on evidence. Uh. Okay, we're going to go to Pittsburgh now. Richard Lomite, an Uber rideshare case out of Pittsburgh. Richard Lomite is a 36-year-old Penn State University professor, and he also drives an Uber. Lomite was arrested Saturday afternoon following an incident in which two women accused their Uber driver of harassment and false imprisonment. So at about 1.30 a.m. on Saturday, two women summoned an Uber for a trip from Homewood to Penn Hills, which is a distance about 45 miles in a north, uh, north of Pittsburgh, according to the Pittsburgh police. Now, they were picked up by a man in a 2013 Ford Fusion, later identified as Richard Lomite. Uh, one of the women later told police that as they were driving, the driver ignored GPS map instructions on the app, um, then allegedly made repeated comments about how good the women looked. He allegedly told them that he was single and that he wanted to, quote, get with them. As they approached their destination during this particular trip, Lomate allegedly pulled the vehicle over, put the car in park, locked the doors, and told the women, both the women, you're not going anywhere, according to the criminal complaint. The two women managed to escape the vehicle. Uh, it's unclear. They either slid out the, of the window or somehow managed to open the door. According to the police reports, uh, that detail is not exactly clear, but they managed to get free. Police say one of the women then ran down the street yelling for help, uh, looking for a bystander to call 911 late, late at night. Responding officers were unable to locate the vehicle at the scene, but the two women showed police their Uber app information about the ride, showing Richard Lomate's photograph along with his vehicle description and license plate number. Yeah. Police later located uh, Lomite and arrested him on two charges each of harassment, kidnapping, and false imprisonment. Lomite was working as an assistant professor of information sciences and technology at a Penn State campus. He had previously worked as a part-time instructor at the University of Pittsburgh. He's no longer under contract there. Uber has since revoked his access to the app, and Penn State has barred him from campus. I should hope so. So we've seen, we're starting to see a lot of these cases. Um, um, you know, when the, the, the case came up of the woman who got into a car that wasn't an Uber. Josephson. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, what, what, what are the things that we're going to help with this? So people, you know, a lot of, um, you know, local TV stations are like, well, what can you do? The first thing is check the, the license plate number. That's always going to be the first thing. Then you get into the car and you kind of say, are you Donald? Are you whatever? Um, but with this, th- th- those two things would have worked. Because it was it was the guy. It was the guy from the app. He was legit. Um, the one thing, so you you just don't know. You have no idea who you're getting into a car with. And also the child lock. If this was a child lock in there, uh, another thing that they were showing us on those um, on those TV reports was to before you get into the car, when you open up the door, check the child lock um, that's mm, on the inside of the advice. door, that's and then flip advice. it up. Yeah. Uh, in the in the case of the Samantha Josephson, which was uh, she was the University of South Carolina student who got into a car that she thought was her Uber, and uh, the Uber driver allegedly murdered her within hours of being picked up. That one, the big push that they were going for was uh, the "What's My Name" campaign that yeah. they, that they wanted to you know make sure that you're always checking mm-hmm. your app for the uh, to match up the 
make and model the car as well as the license plate number, probably the most important thing. Uh, usually a photo of the person, but uh, as you approach the car, it's not a bad yeah. idea to say, you know, if you... If you're here to pick me up, what's my name? What's mm-hmm. uh, you tell me who I am before? I <laughs> and I actually had a, a friend of mine, a female, who said that she got into a an Uber and she went, "What's my name?" And he's like, "No, what's my name?" Like it was going. <laughs> I've heard this. Uh, I've seen this on Twitter as well. Yeah. And some of the drivers are, are pushing back on this as well because uh, you know this. I, I guess this could go. It could both go both ways. ways. It but, absolutely, uh, could go both ways. You know, ways, these yeah. are are sort of two different situations. Unfortunately, ride sharing. You, you know, one thing is, am I getting into the right car? But even if I am getting into the right car, there's yeah. still enough cases out there where yeah. some of these dudes and, and people are bad people. Yeah. And uh, this is one of those cases. Uh, but this one was caught, uh, he, you know, for, he was, for his alleged crime, alleged here, he was crime. caught right yes. away because, you know, all that stuff. It was just kind of a and they, thing to and do. They did, they did the right thing, and they called the police, and, and they started it right then. So. Indeed. Uh, we'll see, and we'll follow that case, and you can. we'll be following that on truecrimedaily.com. Always. So now it's time for comments. We get comments. We get a lot of comments. This one... Um, Where do we get our comments? We from? get our comments on Facebook. We also get them on YouTube, but I mainly pull from Facebook because the YouTube comments are a little bit of a shit show. So we're really going on Facebook for more than less. Uh, there's a little bit more... Profanity. Um, Profanity uh, does tend to, uh, as, as you just heard, well, does uh, spill over a little bit into, in, the, into uh, YouTube. Into but YouTube video. is also, unless you have some sort of a uh, uh, an account, YouTube, you can comment anonymously. This is true. On Facebook, uh, you for most people, they're connected to that account. That, you know, and I could if you if you said something that was outrageous, we could find you know go through and potentially find. Um, uh, your employer, well, that we would do that. Don't edit yourself. Don't don't edit yourself, though. But yes, but you know what? People people behave a little bit more on Facebook than they behave on, um, say, Twitter or certainly. This YouTube. is true, and uh, on Facebook we do have more stories and more information than some of the stuff that uh, we do on YouTube because video, obviously. That's right. So uh, check out our our Facebook page, the True Crime Daily, uh, on Facebook, and uh, we put. Tons of stories up there, and we uh, we love to hear yes. from you. And so here's some some of the this uh, is this week's comments. This was from a story with the headline: "College fraternity suspended after video shows puppy being forced to drink from keg." Mm. In this video, a 21 year old man who reportedly owns the puppy and another man hold the dog to a keg and force beer into its mouth during a party at the A.E. Pies off-campus house. The dog's owner could face an animal torture charge, depending upon the results of the dog's blood work. They did relocate the dog for those who are uh, concerned. Uh, he's no longer living in this fraternity house. Yeah. So Ann, Ann B. said blood work or no blood work, they should be charged. And this happened in Hempstead, New York, by the way. They should be charged no matter what. That's cruelty to animals. Um, We do have somebody that actually cursed. Uh, Christine H. said, college educated, quote unquote, shit for brains. Simple to the point. Um, Edmund P., I believe the phrase is book smart but not life smart. Parents who aren't around much tend to forget their kids need more than schooling to get by in life. Those are good points. And um, Roseanne S. said, post their names, stop letting them hide, and punish them, not just a fine. Uh, this this hit a nerve with a lot of people. I want to know the dog's name. Yeah. Um, but Benny V went out, went all out. Hey, you put down people with less education. You think the more education you get, the smarter you are? Got some bad news for you. The majority of drugs that are dangerous to people were made by intelligent and educated people. LSD, cocaine, crack, ecstasy, and many others... 
Then we go to other things invented by college-educated, intelligent people, all those weapons of mass destruction, the H-bombs, nuclear weapons of all kinds, chemicals spread on the crops we eat. Why so many recalls, especially since three years back, all came to be because of those with so much more education. Here we say this. I'd, uh, he just keeps Is this uh, in all caps, by the way? It was not in all caps, no. But uh, it seems... I, I, I get what they're saying. They're saying that, you know what, if you're... Uh, who inv- who invented the drugs, and that was the non-educated people, but that's not quite necessarily I mean, these are true. all good points, but, uh, you know, yeah. I- I'm sure that it's not just frat kids that We'd are like uh, you to stay. Dogs. We'd like to stay a little bit on top here when it comes to... Uh, uh, but you know what? If you can if you can make an argument, go for it. But if you want to talk about a, a current issue in crime, there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of friends of yours to talk about it with on True Crime Daily. It's true. Uh, you can check out that content on uh, our YouTube and Facebook and truecrimedaily.com of course uh, for all our latest don't forget to download uh, our weekly podcast which you're listening to right now we have it on Stitcher iTunes Spotify and Google Play also if you have uh, comments or questions about the show call us up and leave a message at 888-548-9758 we'd love to hear from you be advised your recording may be aired in any of our future podcasts that's 888-548-9758 tell us what you think in your own voice In the meantime, until next week, this is True Crime Daily, the podcast reminding you, do not do crime.